Jesus is clear, confident, and fearless. He lived a life that sets the standard for how men are to live, lead, and work. Over 2,000 years ago, he could be found on a country hillside in the Jewish temple and throughout the bustling cities, issuing an invitation to all men and whosoever will listen. He tells the crowd, if you have ears to hear, then hear this. Or the modern equivalent would be, listen and pay attention. He not only shows men everywhere a new way of life, he invites them into it. He issues seven distinct and clear invitations, and he is still issuing these invitations today. Will you answer the call? Let's get into it. You are listening to Raising the Standard, leadership, mindset, and development for the kingdom man. If you've ever wondered, how can I be the man God created me to be? Or maybe you asked yourself, what purpose does God have for my life? If that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. My goal is simple, to help you access the unfair advantage all Christian men have and give you actionable strategies to reach your full potential. My name is Josh Kachadorian. I am a best-selling author, husband, father, disciple, and son of Jesus Christ. If you're ready to get off the sidelines, upgrade into your identity as a kingdom man, and take the territory that God has for you, then it's time to raise the standard. Welcome to another episode of Raising the Standard, Leadership, Mindset, and Development for the Kingdom-Driven Man. And today, I want to break down some of the invitations that Jesus issues to all men and also talk about the call to the kingdom-driven man. And that's you if you're listening and you want to expand the kingdom of God within your life and around your life, then thanks for tuning in and share this episode with someone that you know needs to hear this. The Bible is a story of two kingdoms colliding, the kingdom of darkness versus the kingdom of God. And when Jesus declares the kingdom of God has come, he is issuing a declaration that he has come to take everything back from the enemy. And our call is, as kingdom-driven men, to expand and build this kingdom within us and around us. Jesus models and teaches a new way of living and invites people to follow him and enter this new kingdom. Now, these followers represent a new breed of kingdom-driven men that take up the charge to expand the kingdom of God. And the call that Jesus issues is for the whosoevers, the anybodies, and those who had the curiosity and the hunger and the ears to hear. Jesus invites men into a new way of life. And I'm going to lay out seven invitations that Jesus distinctly makes to the listeners of his day. And these are all found within the Gospels, Matthew and John specifically. I'm not going to give you the verse references, but I do want to focus on what these invitations are. The first one is, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is offering an exchange. Men who are under pressure, who are carrying burdens in life, and maybe that's you today. Jesus says, come to me, let me take that heavy burden from you, and let me give you my burden, which is light and easy. 
The second invitation Jesus makes is that he cries and he stands up and he says to the crowd, if any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So for those that are thirsty, Jesus offers living water. Jesus also said to the people that were hungry, come and dine. You can come and eat here. Another invitation, he says, is come and see for those that are interested, for those that were following him from a distance, for those that wanted to know more about who is this Messiah and what is he offering. He says, come and see for yourself. Another invitation Jesus makes is come and take up your cross. There's a disciplined way of life. There's a way of the cross for all believers where we choose to follow in his footsteps as we carry our own cross and his way is formed within us. And for those who are busy, who are under pressure, who are running all over the place, Jesus invites them to come to a secluded place and rest. And the last invitation in Matthew 25 is a future invitation he will make when he says to his followers, come you, blessed of my father, and inherit the kingdom. So guys, these are invitations. These are promises that are available to anyone. But there is one catch. If we look at those seven invitations, you have to be hungry. Only those who are hungry are satisfied. Only those who are thirsty get to drink. Okay, so there is one more invitation that I would like to focus on. When Jesus calls men to himself, he says two words, follow me. What's really interesting is when Jesus finds Peter for the very first time, he says, follow me. And follow me is the first and the last words that Jesus physically spoke to Peter while he was here on earth. And we need to break down what it means to follow because in Hebrew, it does not necessarily mean just walk behind me and let me lead you on the road. It means much more than that. And we got to keep in mind that there is Eastern connotations and context to what we're reading as we read it through a Western mindset, because there would have been a much different understanding to the words, the definitions of what it means to follow. So Jesus entered his ministry at the age of 30, which is really interesting because that is the age that you could become a rabbi. And rabbis in those days all had followers and they taught them what to do and how to do it. So when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, this was the teaching of him as a rabbi and followers do what rabbis taught them. They do what they saw Jesus do. A follower was also known as a disciple. And in an old world paradigm, rabbis and others wanted disciples for themselves, just like we may want followers on social media. The real translation of disciple was a disciplined learner or an active participant. And this is what the followers of Jesus are known as. They are known as disciples, participants, and partakers. So when a rabbi invited someone to follow him, there actually was a couple sayings that went along with that. It was known to say, let me eat the dust of the rabbi, which meant I'm going to follow so closely to this man's teaching, instruction, and what he is showing me that I will literally taste the dust that he's kicking up. So this is more of a mentorship. This is more of being an apprentice and not just learning from a Western construct the way we do here in the West, where we get linear Socratic ways of thinking and we sit at a desk and we watch someone instruct us from the front of the room. But to follow a rabbi and to follow Jesus in the first century was to watch, observe, but also participate. They not only observed the Lord, they did what the Lord was doing. 
And he would have showed them how he would have instructed them and they would have asked many, many questions along the way, as we can see in the gospel accounts. To follow a rabbi is to be a disciple, to be a follower. And now that we have an expanded view of what the word follower means, let's look at some of the designations that are made for us as men of God, for Christians throughout the New Testament. We can see throughout Scripture there are many designations of the Lord's servants. And here's just a few. Bond slaves of Jesus Christ. This is what Paul referred to himself as. We see ministers of Christ, stewards of the mystery, and fellow workers. And all of these titles carry the meaning of delegated responsibility. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, there is a monumental verse, and I want to read you just a portion of this verse, where it says, Therefore, holy brothers, partakers of a heavenly calling. The writer of Hebrews is sharing some earth-shaking information with the readers of that letter, which also you and I are privileged to be a part of, and he calls the listeners and the readers partakers. I want to give you the true definition and meaning of the word partaker, because we may not always speak in that kind of English and that translation, but it can be translated as partners. So guys, this this is completely mind-blowing and wild, and it's a new concept for many people, especially in the New Testament, because the writer of Hebrews is not just referring to us as Christians or followers or just disciples. There's now this new definition and term that we can get as the way we relate to Jesus as a partner. So let's break down the difference between a partner and an employee. Because if we put this in just a modern context, Obviously, there are employees. There's nothing wrong with being an employee. However, we know that sometimes the employee mindset will not necessarily be the same as an owner or a business partner in that business. And let's just use a restaurant example. How many times have you been out to eat where the server didn't treat you the right way or you didn't get the level of customer service that you expected? There's a big difference between an employee mindset that's doing just the minimum, and that's not to say that all employees do the minimum, but certainly with an employee mindset that just wants to check the box, we could say that's just being a worker. That's just trying to get my paycheck, get in and get out. And when we compare that to a business partner, someone who actually owns the business and has the full responsibility of running a business, there's quite a difference. And this is the idea of delegated responsibility. And that is what the writer of Hebrews is relaying to us as we are called partners. I want to give you this expanded view of a disciple and how you think of yourself as a Christian that we are now invited into a family business. We are known as a business partner and we are also known as co-laboring with the Lord. In fact, there's this one scripture where Jesus is praying and he instructs his disciples and says, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he sends more workers. Guys, there is a work to be done, and we are called to do it as we co-labor and partner with the Lord. The call to the kingdom-driven man is an invitation to a new way of life, to co-laboring and partnering with the Lord and his work, to be a disciplined learner and subscribe to a new way of life as you follow. And guys, I love spiritual truths, mysteries, and revelation that's all hidden within the word of God. And we also have to make this practical and 
applicable in our daily walk. We spoke about the invitations that Jesus makes to us. I listed seven, and then I actually gave you the eighth when he invites all men to follow him. So we know that Jesus invites. But my challenge for you right now is where can you invite Jesus into your life today? So guys, take an inventory today of where are you right now in life and where can you invite Jesus and partner with the Lord in your life? If we look at the multiple dimensions and the roles and the hats we have to wear as modern Christian men, maybe it's work, maybe it's family, maybe it's the spiritual dimension. You need to partner with him more. You need to spend more time with him. Or maybe you want to be the father or the husband you know you're called to be. Whatever that is, invite him in today. Take an inventory and see what can you do? What step can you take to partner with the Lord as you move forward in your daily, everyday walk? So guys, we talked about the invitations Jesus makes, and we talked about inviting him into our life in different dimensions and areas that maybe have been off limits, areas where we haven't let him in. Where can you let him in? And the key to an invitation is that we have to be willing to respond. When Jesus issues those invitations, if you're hungry, if you're tired, if you're thirsty, we have to have those traits. We have to be hungry. We have to be thirsty. We have to pursue. And when Jesus issues that command and that invitation to follow me, we have to follow him. We actually have to change our direction, change our way of thinking, change our mind, and choose to align our actions by following Jesus wherever he leads us. I have much more to say on what constitutes a kingdom-driven man, and we'll continue to unpack and expand the view of that definition, our calling, and our identity as we move forward on the show. But for now, the first decision all men must make is to follow Jesus. Guys, I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If what you heard here today resonated with you and you want to fully step in to be the man that God created and called you to be, then I want to give you a free guide. It's called The Map, and you can get it at standard59.com. In The Map, I will give you 12 biblical strategies that every kingdom man pursuing biblical masculinity must honor. If you're ready to step off the sidelines and pursue the upward call, then get the map today at standard59.com. That's standard59.com. Hey, if there's a brother in your life that needs to hear this message, then share this show with them. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps get the message out there to more men. Until the next show, guys, let's raise the standard.